welcome, welcome back to Bright Black with Tiro, where we shed light and grow. Our discussion in this episode is dedicated to new and curious fortune tellers. Click on the links below for related journals, helpful videos, and articles. As always, you turn the wheel of fortune in your own life, so you're going to let your own intuition be the foremost leading guide. Let's begin. Okay, so we're back to our discussion on symbolism and we've moved on to the beggar. Before we get started, I do want to say, first off, that this is not a judgment on anyone in particular. I don't know anyone's particular circumstance. We are talking about symbolisms and some of the imageries that we see when we're scrying or fortune telling using cards and how we relate that to the things uh, in our life when giving a reading or for self-development. And so we've moved on to the beggar. And before we get started, I want you to think about what a beggar is to you. You can think about what images or pictures or artwork that you've seen a beggar in. If you've seen beggars in the town when you're traveling or in your area, if you've seen them on television, if you know someone who you consider to be a beggar, what is a beggar to you? Okay, that's the first thing that I want you to talk to think about because our discussions, as I have mentioned previously, are for those who are looking to kind of get an exchange of ideas who are perhaps new and oftentimes when you use the tarot or other divinatory systems, you're seeing images in the cards that are not explained in the book provided or maybe the deck you have doesn't come with a book. Maybe you've started um, trying to scry, you're mirroring, you're using other forms of divination and these pictures and images come forth. What is your intuition trying to say? And so our discussions really are to kind of get some back background information to help trigger some thoughts on what it might mean to you, okay? Now, for me, I will say that the word beggar invokes many various forms of a beggar. So, first off, when I think of a beggar, I think of when I grew up, there were, uh, there were a few towns away from us. We used to have to travel to get to a downtown area where there are all the marketplace and main streets and stores and things like that. And down in that area, it was like we had to travel and the, and the road would go down like in a valley area. And down there in the marketplace where we called downtown, there were beggars, not on every street, but there was just like a corner when I would be shopping with my parents or what have you. And there was some place where someone would be either sitting uh, on the ground, they would be laying up against a building or outside of a store, and they would just be sitting there and kind of hunched over. That, in, for, in my mind, would be like a beggar. Now, some would say that, that there is a difference, difference between the homeless person and the beggar, but for me, that imagery reminds me of a beggar. They would have a sign there and maybe a cup, and the sign would say, you know, something that would be the likes of, you know, give a donation or help a vet or something like that. The next is um, later on when I began to travel and I would work in certain different cities, the beggars were very different. They would be very active. They would be walking around. They would hold a sign. I, I 
even say to you they would follow you. There was something about them that seemed a bit more aggressive than the way that I grew up. And so they would be the type to follow you. You know, if they did, if they saw eye contact with you and they thought that they could get something from you, they would almost follow you to your destination. And then there were some, some of them that came off a, a bit more... Um, to me, more personable, right? So it would be someone that you know that is always asking for something. Every time you turn around, they are asking for something. They're asking for money. They're asking for a handout. They're asking for you to help them with something. And it's almost as if, um, you know, they, they just come off to you like a beggar. Now, this person might be someone who holds a job, who works just like you do, but every time you turn around, they're in need of either some money or some assistance or some help. Drama seems to follow this person. That's, that's what it seems to me. And so there, therein lies these various different forms. Now, lastly, I will say is the version of the beggar that I see in artwork and in, in cards and so forth like that. So if you go to a museum and or you're looking through art books, you'll see that the beggar is always that one that's hunched over. They are kind of like in the form of a question mark. They're always, you know, there's something about them that's kind of bent over and seemingly away from the, the purview. They're not looking at you, but it's almost like this humble hunching over that they do in the imagery in the pictures, okay? So for all intents and purposes, these are, these are my various forms of beggars. The different versions for you might be different. You might have a different experience. You might have grown up differently. You might have even um, come across something that is different for you that represents a beggar. Now, for all intents and purposes, our discussion today is going to be about the four that I mentioned because all of them have something in common. Their position or their stance is the first thing. And so when I mentioned how they would be hunched over, they would be laid out, they would be, be up, but they would be holding a sign or something like that. It's always, and, and I read in a symbolic book, and I will recommend that to you. I think it's Taishan's Book of Symbols. It does mention that it, it, they come off like a question mark. <laughs> they come off like a question mark, right? And I, I agree with that. It's always like the, the way that they come off is always like a question mark. Oh, can you help me? Even the way that they stand, it's kind of hunched over. You'll have that curve at the top and maybe the straightening out at the bottom, the legs out, outward at the bottom. It, it's almost like a question mark, always having you to ask, well, what is going on? Um, how much do you need? What is it that you want? How did you come to be in this situation? Where are your family and friends? Where is your support system? Why me? Why you? Right? And so the, the beggar right off the top is giving you these questions. They're questions that you're asking. They're, you're immediately, because they're in a position of want, now you automatically join them in this position of want. They want something from you, and now you want answers from them. It also feels to me that the situation that surrounds beggars or the energy at the, at the root is this abandonment, this forced abandonment of resources 
or this loss of access to resources or they don't have the means somehow to get the provisions that they need. And so when I say a forced abandonment of resources, it's not necessarily that they themselves, it's not self-imposed abandonment, um, not always, but it does feel like they were forced into this situation, that something terrible, terrible must have happened, okay? How did you end up being in this situation to which now you come to me or I have to look upon this, even if someone's not... Um, you know, coming to you, just the imagery alone makes you feel like you're drawn to them to go and assist, right? But the, the feeling is, is that where, where are their provisions? Where, where are their resources? What happened? Have you, you must have been forced into this situation for you to even be in a position where you're out here in the elements and out here in the cold, even symbolically, so to speak. I will also say that this also gives the feeling of being orphaned, right? Like you don't have roots or like you don't have a home. That's why I link it with, with forms of homelessness. And, it, you know, because to me, it's almost like something must have happened. And even when you take a look at this symbolically, it says that something must have happened destructively, even in our psyche, where we feel like we are self-abandoned, where we feel like, you know, you must not have family, you must not have anyone or no one or nothing or no place to turn to. You must not, you must not have that. You must be a complete orphan for you not to have not a single soul that you can turn to when you are in need or you are in want, okay? Um, and then it also feels, like I said, even psychologically in the psyche, it makes you feel self-abandoned, right? right? It just, you know, something must have happened. And I say self-abandoned in here because the beggar often appears between what we have and what we think we have, right? What does that mean? What does that mean? Because to me, it's all about perspective. Now, many of you who are familiar with the Tarot are probably already thinking the five of coins, the five of coins is about a change in a perspective that is needed when we are in want or when we are in need. But it also means that something previously must have happened. Here, um, it, you know, this is, is somewhat tied to that. And an understanding of this is will, will very much help you with the Tarot because it is all about our perspective on what we think we have. And sometimes we place ourselves in the beggar's position because we are not understanding that we do have options, that the answer is there. And sometimes we self-abandon. We put ourselves in a situation feeling like we don't have. So now we become the beggar. Now we become the one in want. Now we become the one focused on our lack, right? That lack energy. Instead of recognizing that there is abundance in our life, that there are other resources, there are avenues we can turn to, there's always another means for us to level up. You know, if, as they say, if you're at the bottom, you have no other place to go but up. 
But instead of sitting there wallowing in self-pity, you've got to get up and you've got to do stuff, something. You can't place yourself in the, in the hunched over role of the question mark, always asking, well, who's going to help me? No, you've got to straighten up and become an exclamation point or a period and say, look, I have the answer. I may not know the details of it, but I know that it's there. I'm going to get up and do something. I'm going to find it. This is also a, a, a means of us um, recognizing that there is a need to free ourselves from the ego side and to simplify our lives. Sometimes when we have too much, when we have too much and we don't simplify our life, we can become that person who doesn't appreciate what we have. We have so much we don't even appreciate it. And as the Bible saying goes, to those who have, much will be given. But to those who don't have, even what they have will be taken away. That means that even if you do, if you have, but you do not appreciate what you have, and you do not simplify your life in recognition of that abundance, then you can lose out. You know, if you go into that ego side and you have, but you want, you want to keep having more, keep having more, keep having more. You have this, but you're not even acknowledging but that you have this. You just so much, so much after more, more, more. Where's the thankfulness? You haven't even had time to be thankful for the thing that you have. And so be the beggar looking at the beggar helps us to remember that we have to be free from the ego. We have to simplify our life, be appreciative and also be trusting more in that compassionate side. This is what charity is all about. If you truly want more, then you'll be doing something with what you do have, okay? That abundance that you have, use that as a means of giving to charity, okay? Show compassion to others. Free yourself from always that side that, that grabs onto something so strongly you can't let go. And next thing you know, that's all you have. The other side of this is that they, they say that, you know, the angels appear, you know, in the strangest of places and that be kind to people and be kind to strangers because you never know you may be entertaining the angels. Another Bible, uh, a Bible quote. But here I think that that is saying that the, the divine may be hidden in the beggar, right? Because there's also a saying that the lame beggar is a healing God. And so what you think, you know, you're looking at a person based on their appearance, you're underestimating what they're able to do for you. You're looking at them like they're in a position of want. But again, remember what I said when we started, looking at a person in want puts you automatically in a position of want as well. And so when you recognize or acknowledge people who are in this position, you might be able to have some healing from that experience yourself, okay? There may be some gift that they're able to offer you, some wisdom or something that they might be able to give to you in exchange. Now, this is not saying that you go out and donate all your goods to a beggar. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm certainly not saying that you, how, whatever judgment you have on beggars or street beggars um, or is wrong or misplaced, not at all, to each his own. And I do and, and am fully aware of scams that go on with people pretending to be beggars. So you do have to use your judgment 
Um, and I've literally seen, seen scams, um, you know, definitely in, in working in Manhattan. I've seen scams all over the place. So sometimes I do feel like, you know, people are misrepresenting. But we're talking about people who are genuinely in want and in need. You know, if you are able to open your heart and show compassion in some form, maybe not to those literally on the street, but being a charitable, being compassionate, whatever resource or whatever means or avenue you have for you, there may be a lesson in it for you as well. But we're talking about symbolism. And so again, some of the key things to remember is that the beggar always asks, it, it always prompts a question. And the question is, how did you come to be in this position? What is causing you um, to be here at this time? You know, where are your friends and family? What What is causing us to even be interested or kind of, you know, these wanting to know, right? So the beggar wants something from you. You now want something from them. You have these questions automatically coming off. So when you have the beggar and you see the beggar, these questions should be coming off. What brought you to this situation? What is it that you feel abandoned in, right? Why do you feel abandoned? Is your perspective between what you have and what you think you have, is it real? And are you able to change your perspective on what you think you have? And therein lies some information that I think might be helpful uh, to you in the symbolism of the beggar. Now, that's it for now. I'm so glad that you were able to join me. Thank you for joining me here at Bright Black with Tarot, where we shed light and grow. Now, be sure to click on those links below. There are journals, tips, and tools for the new and curious. Now, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you know what to do. You're going to leave a comment below, or you're going to email me at brightblackwood at gmail.com, or you're going to go to brightblackwood.com, and you'll either book a reading there. There's also, uh, just for fortune tellers, you can do a reading for yourself, and if you want a second eye, there is a link to something called a fortune teller's consultation, and so you can book a session there. There are also blogs and videos, like how-to videos videos for those who are new. And uh, yeah, until next time, take care.